Hello, welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. The NTT20 betting show, sponsored by Betfair. Uh, it's myself, Ali Maxwell. It's my friend and colleague, George Alec, making betting picks ahead of the EFL weekend. And therefore, we ask that anyone listening to this is both over 18 and also gamble aware that you understand the risks that come with placing a bet uh, and you understand how to do that with discipline and be gamble aware. Head to begambleaware.org for more information. With me is the very fatigued but very informed George Ellick. Let's start with the reason for our cumulative shared fatigue. An incredible day yesterday at the Sport Parkinson's Four Nations Golf Day at the Belfry. We were invited by Charlie Appleyard, who is an incredible, hugely inspirational man. He's also a director at Morecambe FC, which is how our paths have crossed. He was kind enough to invite us to an amazing day yesterday uh, at the Belfry and a lot of money raised for an incredible cause that, for my sins, I did not know enough about. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, it was uh, an amazing day. Very honoured to be invited. Hope to be invited again next year. But as you say, yeah, an, an inspirational day. Great to meet loads of people. Uh, was played with uh, a lovely man called Ian Giles, who is a Derby County season ticket holder who'd never heard of the pod, but has promised me that he he will from here on in. So, uh, Ian, I hope you're listening. But uh, yeah, no, it was a great day. And yeah, we got the, the last train home from Tamworth. Climbed into bed at about half past 12, and this is the sixth podcast I've recorded today. So apologies if I'm a bit fatigued. If we had a friendly tonight, I'd be like, Gaffer, just just leave me out of this one, please. Yeah, the football manager term, I think, is uh, jaded and in need of a rest. Uh, That's coming after the betting show. Yeah, we did lose, sadly, to the team who came over from Ireland, uh, which included former EFL legends Stephen Ward, uh, and Stephen Hunt as well. So congratulations to Team Ireland. We hope mm. to, to come back with a vengeance next year. But an incredible day, an amazing charity, Sport Parkinson's, uh, and one that I hope you guys will be encouraged to read up about if you don't know uh, as much as you, you should about Parkinson's and about the efforts to cure it, um, efforts which we would encourage you to, to go and support. Uh, George, four green weeks in a row for you, four weeks in profit on this betting show. And the one before that was a minus 0.1. Pretty impressive stuff. How many naps in a row do you think you've got up? Oh, good question. Four? It's six. Six wow. naps in a row. That's a bit of fun. Like me on holiday. Six naps in a row. Uh, I'm the absolute opposite at the moment. Uh, I'm a I'm a terrible guy. I'm bad at naps. I just can't get it right at the moment. Uh, I got two out of five last week. Swansea beat Sunderland in my next best. Uh, the West Bromley made it three successful West Bromleys in, uh, in four weeks. But if you don't get your nap up, well, it's like conceding the first goal in football, isn't it? You, you can come back and win the game, uh, but the odds are, are absolutely stacked against you. So George going well yet again with Salford draw no better Northampton uh, and Walsall is next best. Those winners there. But let's look ahead at this weekend. I'd like you to tell me what your nap is going for seven in a row. Seven in a row. I know uh, a famous football rivalry that that uh, happened. I'm not going to say because I've got to be is it the old firm? Un- unbiased. Checker trade doesn't count. Yeah, it was... I can't remember who I'm talking about now. Plymouth Argyle. Plymouth Argyle on my nap uh, at five to four with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, they are away at MK Dons. And this is like a really nice little kind of uh, game between pretty much my favourite team um, and in, in terms of, of who I want to side with at the moment and uh, maybe the worst, in my opinion, um, where... Uh, 
MK are just so poor. I can't really put into words how bad they are. I mean, I think there is a, taking Morecambe out of it. I think there is a real uh, argument to be had that they are the second worst team in League One, um, with Morecambe being the worst. They are. I mean, and maybe maybe there isn't even that much between those two. Although MK did, of course, um, their one kind of very good performance this season was a four nil um, demolition of um, of uh, Morecambe. So I'm sure their fans would would point to that. Um, but for MK, it's just incredibly abject. Uh, they are playing poorly week on week. I know they beat my team Oxford 2-1, uh, which was their last victory, but it was a game where they, you know, they, they didn't play particularly well. Uh, I know in Goldman, a penalty being the two goals that they scored. Um, and there's a bit of a barrage from the away team. And then you just have to look at the game against Bristol Rovers in midweek, uh, where yes, they lost to a penalty. Um, but I think I've seen quotes of 0.15 expected goals for, for MK playing at home against a Bristol Rover side who themselves are a bottom half side. Um, it is not working. I mean, I, I'm thankfully I'm here to, to tell you that they are losing rather than tell you why they're losing. I can't put my finger on why they are so bad when there is a fair amount of continuity from, from last season, even if the key players have left. It is bizarre. And Argyle are rampant. You know, the, the data suggests that Argyle's great start to the season will probably come to an end at some point, that, that they probably aren't going to stay top of the tree. Um, you know, they have, they have a, a pretty much flat expected goals ratio. Uh, Mike Cooper in goal is, is a massive part of that. He is probably the best keeper uh, in League One alongside Christian Walton. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, at the moment, they, they're they attacking flair and what they have to offer going forward makes them irresistible. They have so many different players who are in, in form um, from Cosgrove to, to Ennis. Hardy coming off the bench and scoring. Um, Whitaker, you know, they have a multi-pronged attack, all with different facets of hurting you. And of course, Bali Mumba as well. Um, off that left-hand side onto his right foot, there's there is a, a ple- there are a plethora of ways that they are going to hurt MK Dons. And they're coming up, you know, arguably their only deficiency is that they concede too many chances, but they're playing against an MK Don side who are completely stunted in attack. Um, and on the evidence of midweek, MK are enjoying absolutely no home advantage whatsoever at all. So yeah, I mean, it's I missed out on some of the juicy prices. I think it was kind of near enough seven or four, 13 to eight early in the week. But yeah, I mean, this is, it's almost kind of, I hate all betting should be price focused and you're never going to get, you know, Plymouth being like, you know, two on away at MK. Um, but I do wonder what the natural price is because I think I'd still be backing this at 10 to 11, five to six. Like mm. I, I just think that they are, going to have way more <laughs> opportunities to score and probably win the game. My nap is also in League One and it is something I'm pretty sure I've done before. It's Ipswich to win to nil at home to Lincoln oh. City. Oh, not again. At 2.1. Ipswich incredibly <laughs> short to, to win this game, as you can probably imagine. And I obviously think that they are incredibly likely to beat Lincoln at home this weekend uh, because of the strength of Ipswich Town and because of my perception of, of Lincoln City and, and how they fare away from home. Basically, I'm not going to keep repeating myself about why I think Ipswich are good because I think if you've listened to any betting show or any Monday pod, uh, it's probably become quite clear. I think they are about as complete aside uh, as we've seen in league one for a long time doesn't mean that they are perfect it doesn't mean that occasionally they don't concede a set piece goal like they did against uh, Morecambe last Saturday uh, uh, turning it around to win that one two one it doesn't mean that they don't have games where sometimes they're a little bit flat in the final third and, and they don't translate possession or territory into goals but 
they are massively improved on that this season. That's why they are where they are towards the top of the league. That's why their underlying numbers suggest that they are about as complete a team uh, as League One has seen and certainly the most complete team in League One based on the quality of chances that they create and those that they uh, give up. I think they're a, a real machine right now under Kieran McKenna. I think the only thing personally I can see derailing them would be him having his head turned by, I'm not even sure, a championship job realistically would do that at this stage uh, I haven't seen him linked with with Middlesbrough for example even though I think he should be being linked with jobs at that level um, but potentially a, a Premier League job if the right one comes up but that seems unlikely and we don't need to talk about that right now his Ipswich side are, are excellent um, as for winter nil well of course it's the sort of thing that makes you a little bit nervous um, they've won nine games this season uh, six of them have been to nil uh, added to 10 of their 11 wins last season under McKenna. So for him, it's 20 league wins, 16 of them to nil. That's 80% of their wins have come to nil. And I just think the jump between the 1.36 win price on the Betfair Sportsbook to a 2.1 win to nil price uh, for someone who just thinks this is a home banker but wouldn't pick it at 1.36, I still think that seems worth a go for me. Lincoln, away from home, um, they drew a blank at Pompey. 0.22 XG generated. A blanket posh, 0.27 XG generated. Uh, those are two good teams, not as good defensively as Ipswich. A blanket Cambridge, 0.55 XG generated. A blanket Bolton, 0.59 XG generated. We were there and saw them beat Oxford at 2-1. That was A, an exception to their away form, their away performance rule this season. And B, uh, quite frankly, uh, more to do with Oxford United's failings, I think, than, than anything particularly special that Lincoln did on the night. And then, of course, they've got their bonkers fixture, that 6-3 win at Bristol Rovers, which I think has absolutely no relevance here. So tip switch to Winter Nil <laughs> is my nap here, 2.1. Uh, next best for you, please. We're going to come on to that game again a bit later, but not mm. now. Um, it's not my next best. But um, yeah, my my next best is Fleetwood to beat Shrewsbury at seven to five. Um, yeah, quite a few interesting bits here. I, mean, I think Fleetwood are going along their business pretty quietly. Uh, they're sitting in 12th. Um, they've had a very good start to life under Scott Brown. <clears throat> I find it pretty weird how Scott Brown, the player, was such a vocal, loud, aggressive presence. And as a manager, I seem to never really hear or see anything about him at all. <laughs> uh, but that seems to be because um, Fleetwood themselves are just pretty steady. You know, they've only won one game at home so far this season. They've only lost one game at home so far this season as well. They've played six games. They've drawn four of them. Uh, the games are very low margin. They were lost the game 1-0 against Barnsley. They beat Plymouth, um, you know, which is impressive in itself, 2-1 at home and drew, drew the other four. But if you look at the game, the teams they've played at home, Plymouth, Barnsley, Derby, Charlton, Wickham, and Cheltenham. Cheltenham are the only team that they have that they've played at home who would fit into that bottom half pre-season. You know, the, the big budget split. We said it was a, a league of two, even if at the moment it doesn't look that way. Cheltenham are still the only team they've played who, like themselves, fit into that kind of second tier of the third tier. Um, and you know, they drew that game nil-nil. I think Cheltenham have proved themselves to be a pretty tough nut to crack as well. Um, they are just very solid in terms of their performance level. And I think we're probably going to see them start, you know, when they do get these home games against um, dwellers, then I think they're probably going to start um, turning the screw. But then you've got Shrewsbury fans saying, hold on, we're ninth. We're not a dweller. We're playing really well. We're having a great start to the season. Yeah, You are having a great start to the season and totally fair enough. However, I was, I mean, I, I knew, I mean, I, I argued with a Shrewsbury fan on Twitter about this about a month ago, like fixtures have been favourable to, to Shrewsbury. There's no denying that but I hadn't realised quite to the extent. It is unbelievable. If you look at Shrewsbury's games this season, they've played 12 games so far. 
and nine of those games are against the current bottom 12, which is kind of staggering, really. I mean, that is the easiest fixture list anyone's had so far based on not based on pre-season performance but based on current season performance and despite that they've got a negative expected goals ratio they're I think minus about one 1.5 uh sorry minus 1.15 so even though the performances and the results I should say the results have been okay the fixtures have been fairly easy and there's a few alarm bells ringing in terms of of the actual underlying numbers as well um, their away form is is pretty patchy. Uh, you know they've beaten a couple of, of sides. They've got a very very good win against Wickham. Do you remember that proper smash and grab win that they had there, uh, scoring twice very late on? And they beat Forest Green at a time where Forest Green were very poor. Um, they couldn't see off Morecambe away from home. They've been beaten by by uh, Port Vale and Cheltenham. Um, and I again, if you're looking at the teams, you know they've 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 played in the top half. They've won one, drawn one. And lost one. They were beaten by by Ipswich, but they uh, but they beat Exeter, which was which in itself was a great result. You know, I'm not sitting here saying that they are incapable of of putting in good performances, but I do think that they are probably the side in League One at the moment who um, just purely based on data and what we've seen. And, and I've mentioned it a couple of times on Monday pods that uh, when certain players don't perform, uh, Bayless uh, Shipley, uh, they are stale. Um, and, and I'd like to see a little bit more ambition. I mean, I've, I've Cop some flack already this season from Shrewsbury fans saying it. Uh, I've, I've seen nothing so far to change my mind. It's, it's, it's you know, the good performances come when those guys uh, perform and are entrusted to do so. Um, and yeah, I, I think that Fleetwood's Fleetwood are going to enjoy themselves when they get these kind of challenges. And I think Shrewsbury, as they play the better teams in the league, might might struggle a bit. And uh, at seven to five, I'm happy to, to kind of jump on that before we see it and, and, ho- and hopefully get in front of the, uh, the oncoming trends. <laughs> uh, my next best in League Two. And it's basically because feeling a little sorry for myself over the last few weeks, in particular with two of my goals picks in the last two weeks. The first one was Wigan to beat Rotherham 1-0 when they were unfancied away side over 2-1 to to win the game. They won it 2-0. Last week, it was Tranmere at Sutton. Very similar price, over 2-1, the win price, the away team. uh, I thought they were in in much better shape. Uh, They won it. But they didn't win it 1-0. They won it 2-0. Uh, so I picked 1-0 wins in both. Uh, both of them were 2-0 wins. Not winners, but a sort of good for the confidence, I guess, uh, on that front. So it's led me to try this. Hartlepool. Hartlepool to beat Harrogate at 3.4, um, which is... Uh, I can't do the decimal to fraction conversion in my head. You'll know what 3.4 is. Something like It's just under 5-2. Yeah, just shy. No, shorter than that. Um, just bigger than 12 to 5 or is it exactly 12 to 5 it's 12 to 5 12 to 5 it's actually 12 minutes past 5 right now IRL so there you go <laughs> uh, anyway Hartlepool it's a sign Hartlepool away Harrogate um, they are under the management of Keith Curl have been for four games I think that it is uh, very fair to say we have seen an improvement short term in performances spirit whatever you want to call it, and crucially in in points return uh, since Curl has come in for uh, Paul Hartley. Uh, They've drawn two games. The first one was 0-0 at home to Gillingham. Not amazing on paper, but a game in which they they had almost all of the running uh, and just couldn't finish their dinner. Uh, Then they definitely did finish their dinner coming back from two down against Mansfield to draw two all uh, before beating Donny and losing 3-1 at home in their last game to Carlisle. I think no shame in that because we both think Carlisle are a good side. And also, it was one all. Uh, it was pretty tight in 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 stats terms, and it was settled by a bit of Omari Patrick individual quality with his nineteen dummy shots before smashing into the corner. So, 
they are very simply not the team they were when they were the worst team in the division or among them. So who are the worst team in the division? Well, by quite a lot of measurements, it's possibly Harrogate Town right now who hosts them. One point in eight games, seven defeats in that time. Uh, underlying numbers to match, just miserable, miserable stuff. Right down there with with Crawley in that time. Crawley, of course, having made the change. Harrogate have not made the change there. Manager Simon Weaver is the son of the chairman, Irving Weaver. So it complicates things somewhat, shall we say. Now, there might be strength in that long term. Uh, and we don't always advocate for sacking a manager to be great for the club in the mid to long term. What we think we've seen in League Two, what I think we've seen in League Two over the last few years, uh, last season particularly, and this, is that changing manager seems to bring, if only for one to four games, something of a, of a bump. And then onwards from that, well, it's just, it's about the quality of the manager and the fit, really. Um, so here we are, Harrogate in pretty bad shape. Um, they've failed to score it in three of their five home games. And I think Hartlepool will genuinely be coming here with tons more confidence, with tons more recent form to show for themselves, with tons more players in form. Josh Umera up front uh, being just one of them. Uh, I'm not expecting fireworks here. I don't expect a particularly high scoring game. And, and if anything, I think that helps me lean towards Hartlepool even more. A Keith Curl grind, a 1-0 win, probably a 2-0 win if it fits the bill of the, of the recent ones. I think it does fit a similar bill of Wigan at Rotherham, of Tramier at Sutton. Simply, I think they're in the better shape um, and, and positive early performances under Curl. So my next best, Hartlepool at 3.4 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Don't forget that it's bet 10 and get two with the Betfair Sportsbook. That means if you bet £10 on EFL Ackers this season, uh, you'll get a £2 free bet. Uh, you can find the T's and C's in the description of this podcast. There are some terms, some conditions. Check them out. Bet 10, get two with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, head over to the exchange, George, where I think we might have a double A. Stockport. Stockport County. Yeah. Uh, 1.96. Mm. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, laying Stockport home to Grimsby. Um, just think that Grimsby are, are quite a good team, really. And I don't really know why they are such a big price to beat Stockport. I mean, last season, this would have made sense where Stockport were about 25 points better than Grimsby. But there's little to no evidence to suggest that's the case this time around. Uh, yes, Stockport um, had a... Uh, a decent win against Bradford, uh, a 1-0 win. They'd lost every single away game before that, weirdly. Um, but then they, they they finally got a win. And I guess maybe the market is expecting the pre-season favourites to, to use that as a springboard to, you know, really kickstart their season. And they have only lost one home one game uh, at home all season. But they've only won two of their six, uh, mainly against quite moderate sides. You know, they beat AFC Wimbledon and Colchester. They're the only two teams they've beaten at home so far this season. They couldn't beat uh, Harrogate, who you just you just called the worst team in the division. So um I don't see why a team in Grimsby who are currently 11th, who look to me to be um uh, you know certainly a challenger for the top seven. Uh, they've only lost one game away from home this season. They've won four of their six. It just doesn't make any sense. I, I think odd you know for Stockport to be odds on in this one um doesn't ring true with my perception of either uh, team and their record so far. Yeah, you spoke about it on the Monday podcast, which I thought was interesting. Um, people were wor were wondering last week why Stockport would be um, such a short price uh, as they were away at Bradford, a game that they won, uh, albeit with, with a penalty. Um, uh, you know, you talked about the sort of the legacy of the, the pre-season um, odds, basically, Stockport being... The bookies' favourite were they, or second favourite perhaps to to Salford? Very much yeah, up favorites. there, right? Um, yeah, and 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 so that, and the fact that yes, they have been underperforming their their performances probably in terms of their points return, which hasn't been quite as as poor as it looks. 
um, you know, that that all combines to make it them quite capable of opposing if you want to. Um, I, I wouldn't have just done this if they were playing any old team. But the, the fact is that I agree with you on Grimsby. Uh, something else we spoke about on Monday, surprisingly strong uh, attacking numbers for Grimsby this season. Uh, very, very comfortable playing away from home as well. Very comfortable out of possession. Uh, a, a manager in Paul Hurst who's just doing a fabulous job. Uh, and I think they have just shown a more reliable and certainly a more consistent level of performance in Stockport and in intangible stuff such as holding on to leads, battling back, seeing out wins. They've certainly shown more than, than Stockport as well. So it's a, it's a nice, um, nice sort of, um, well, what would you call it? It's not a rivalry as such, but it's the two teams that came up from the National League last season. There'll be a nice added spice due to that. Uh, and, and Grimsby with their sneaky good away form, four wins in six away from home. They got seven points more than Stockport because I think they're a bit better than Stockport. So there you go. Uh, Grimsby, I think 4.33 to win this game with the Betfair Sportsbook. We're taking the the approach of a double lay on the exchange. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really going to have a close eye on this game. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, take me to a goals selection, please. So last week I picked Ipswich to score over two and a half goals at mm. 15 to eight at Morecambe. Uh, it lost. Um, the woodwork was hit three times and I missed a penalty on the way to losing that. You've kind of already talked up Ipswich, uh, but I'm just doing the same bet again. Uh, 15 to eight for Ipswich to score over two and a half goals at uh, home to Lincoln. Um, we've seen, you know, crucially for this bet, what I really like is that we've seen this season uh, that Ipswich do not sit off leads at all. You know, they continue to go forward. Uh, and as such, we've seen uh, games already in this campaign where, um, they scored plenty. You know, they scored three at home to Pompey. They scored three at home to Cambridge. They scored three at home to MK. Uh, we saw them score three at Shrewsbury as well. And then Lincoln have track record already this season for conceding quite a few goals. Um, they conceded uh, three in their away game at Bristol Rovers that they won six three and four at Peterborough as well. So, yeah, I just I agree with everything you said. I think Ipswich should win this and, and win it comfortably. Um, and I, I yeah the way they're going at the moment um, this is kind of going to be my go-to bet every week because of the mentality I think the way that they continue to attack means that um, often teams don't score two or three because when they're ahead they they drop off and look to protect their lead but uh, I think Kieran McKenna knows that his side is much better than everyone else that if they just carry on doing what they're doing then that's their their best means to victory mm. I like that I'm I'm basically leaning on them keeping a clean sheet you're going for completely the opposite so there's a, there's a good chance that we could both be very happy but but for the same but for the same as in because the best way they keep teams at arm's length is they just continue to attack like i think that they're not like a they're a good defensive side and that they don't concede any goals or chances <laughs> but that's not done that does through sound like, like a good defensive side but, but, but that's but it's not done through being like you know resolute and pragmatic mm. and, and sitting deep it's it's sort of just controlling the game and in, in the opposition's heart Yes, I know. Well, all eyes on uh, on Portman Road uh, this weekend. My goals pick is an over 2.5 goals double in the championship. Uh, and it's Bristol City against Millwall. And it's basically, whisper it, Millwall aren't very good at defending. And it's notable because I think everyone always assumes that Millwall are quite good at defending. It's not really been the case this season. Um, and particularly away from home where they've conceded uh, just under two goals a game, 11 in their six away games, uh, no clean sheets in that time. They've conceded two in five of their six uh, away games and they head to a Bristol City side who, as we know, uh, like to score in Bristol City at home this season. Uh, it's 11 It's eleven goals in their, in their seven games. They've hit two against Sunderland, two against Cardiff, two against Luton, two against Preston and two against Huddersfield as well. So they've scored two or more in five of their home games. The reason why I'm not 
just backing Bristol City at what I thought was actually a pretty nice looking. Uh, I think it's uh, six to four, two point five with the sports book, uh, partly because they played in midweek. Uh, they played a two, a two one win against Preston on Wednesday night. Uh, having conceded three set-piece goals to Birmingham City on Saturday. Uh, they then scored two set-piece goals through Rob Atkinson at home to Preston in midweek. Uh, I do think that uh, set-piece vulnerability can obviously be exploited by Millwall. Uh, and, and that's why I quite like just overs here, because I think Bristol City should score two or more here against Millwall. But I equally think that Millwall um, can hurt them. You know, that backstick set-piece that they struggled so much with Birmingham last week, you could see either Cooper just taking it on himself or Cooper being the sort of decoy near post in the middle of the box and someone like Murray Wallace attacking it at the back post. Uh, and then there's Fleming with his with his hammer foot who who likes to shoot from 40 yards. So one of them might fly in. Uh, so that's overs. And then Burnley, Swansea. Uh, this one, I, maybe I just, maybe this is just what I want to happen, but I, I think this is going to be a really pleasing game to watch for the neutral. I think Burnley and Swansea are going to basically trade possessions here and just say, you have a go, then I'll have a go, then you have a go, then I'll have a go. Uh, Burnley is certainly going to press Swansea high, which uh, both uh, involves the potential for uh, high turnovers and, and big chance for Burnley. Uh, or Swansea playing through them and creating good chances for themselves. I think it's a really intriguing game. I'm expecting it to to, to have goals. I expect both teams to score uh, and the overs uh, was even money. So uh, two even money over 2.5 shots. Burnley against Swansea, Bristol City, Millwall. That comes out at three to one with the Betfair Sportsbook. That's my goals pick. Remember that Betfair's bet builder allows you to combine selections easily into one bet. And with Betfair's popular bet builder, you can easily add the trending football league bet builder selections to your bet slip in one tap finish us off with a goal scorer jed wallace friend of the pod jedley uh jedley wallace is uh, seven to two to score anytime at reading Mm. um bit of an xg mush up i think this one Um, because mate it's (laughs) new about new manager bounce isn't it big time boy big bounce big bounce coming big bounce after brucey um yeah they've sat to see bruce uh caretakers in um you know we know all the stats about Wickham, sorry, about Wickham, about uh, West Brom being, you know, having the third highest XG, uh, having the, the best expected goals, expected points or whatever else. You know, there, there comes a time where you've got to think if this continues, it's going to write itself in the same way that Preston eventually had a 3-2 result despite, uh, you know, their their very bizarre trends before that. And this is probably quite a good time to do it against a Reading team who, you know, I definitely have more respect for now than I did previously. I watched the Norwich game and they were good value for their point. Um, they're very good at stopping teams from playing. Um, but, you know, West Brom are, are favourites for this. Jed has an, an XG per 90 of, of 0.2, which is pretty similar to Carlin Grant and, and Brandon Thomas-Asante. Um, he has loads of shots in every game. You know, it's kind of, I think he's averaging about 3.5 shots per game. Um, for him to be 7-2 to two is... What you know, considering the prices of the others, um, is 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 way too big. Basically, it's just it's the big outlier, um, and they're a team that I kind of want to want to back for goals, and he's the obvious one to do so. So yeah, Jed at seven to two is is my pick. Yeah, I like it a lot. I've actually got a goal scorer double. Uh, this is oh, kind of oh no. What do you mean? Oh no! I knew you were gonna. <laughs> no, hate no, I'm this. up for it. I'm up for it. I like Mate, it. I knew you were gonna hate <laughs> this. But you know what? Actually, ever since the Monday pod, this has been my motto this week. I'm not here to be players' friends. <laughs> I'm not trying to be your friend. I'm just trying to make the most of what I think are, are two nailed-on goal scorers. One's in League One, Ellis Harrison, uh, Port Vale. 
is putting up some very, very interesting numbers. Uh, it's like Daryl Clark's basically his sort of footballing dad and, and like Tom Ince and, and uh, Paul Ince, uh, Ellis Harrison doesn't perform for anyone else, isn't trusted by anyone else, but in the right Daryl Clark team turns into a very serious striker. Uh, he's got six goals uh, in League One already, uh, playing for a, a good Port Vale team who I should say are at home to Forest Green uh, this weekend. Uh, he has, stats-wise, in terms of League One, the second most touches in the box in the whole league this season uh, for those who have played 600 minutes or more, the seventh most shots per 90, the ninth best XG per 90. Uh, and excitingly for this bet as well, he took the penalty against Derby last week after Conlon missed the first one. So I think there's a good chance if they win a pen, he can take it uh, up against a, a, a Forest Green team who are in pretty desperate Nick. They've conceded 29 goals in 13 games. And once games get away from them, they've shown a pretty consistent ability to completely lose track of, of opposition strikers, whether it was losing 4-1 against Peterborough just two nights ago uh, and, and potentially therefore heading to Vale a little bit battered and bruised, conceding three against Burton, four against Exeter. Um, you know, you're looking at guys like Adaboyejo, you're looking at guys like Giovanni Brown and Nombe, Clark Harris and Jay Jones uh, when they lost 5-0 to Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Windass scored, Gregory scored. If you're an opposition striker and you're at home to Forest Green, you expect to score a goal. So I'm taking Ellis Harrison at 2-1. to one. And then just the same as last week, a bit like you with, with your losing Ipswich bet, but almost in defeat wanting to give it another go because you think you're kind of onto something and you're just not getting the reward yet. Um, my name's Jeff. My name's Jeff. Luke Jeffcott, because, uh, look, it was a bad pick last week in the sense that I think I uncovered the fact that for whatever reason, the traders are undervaluing him, I think. But... It was the wrong fixture completely. As I said in my answer, there's a chance Stephen has just squashed Swindon and that's what they did. And, and Jeff Kitt didn't really get much of a sniff because as discussed, when he's playing for a team that are creating chances, he's going to get very high expected goal chances and, and he quite often finishes them. So Swindon at home to Colchester, this was the fixture where I should have picked Luke Jeffcott to score. So that's what I'm going to do. He is at 3.4 with the Betfair Sportsbook to score at home to Colu for Swindon. Uh, and I, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling good about this. So Ellis Harrison and Luke Jeffcott, anytime double. Harrison for Port Vale against Forest Green. Jeffcott for Swindon against Colchester. That is 10.2. So just better than nine to one with the Betfair Sportsbook. All that's left to do is talk me through your bets. What are you picking? My nap is Plymouth at MK Dons. My next best is Fleetwood, uh, who hosts Shrewsbury. Uh, I'm laying Stockport as a U at home to Grimsby. Ipswich over two and a half goals again at 15 to eight. And Jedley, Jed Wallace, seven to two anytime for Baggies at Reading. Ipswich to win to nil is my nap at 2.1. My next best, Hartlepool in League Two, 3.4 away. At Harrogate Town, the double layer Stockport, 1.96 on the Betfair Exchange. Uh, a goals double, Bristol City, Millwall over 2.5, along with Burnley, Swansea over 2.5 at 3-1. to one. Uh, And a goal scorer double as well. Two anytime goal scorers, Ellis Harrison of Port Vale and Luke Jeffcott of Swindon. They are 3.0 and 3.4 respectively, which spits out 10.2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a fantastic weekend. We can't wait to break it all down for you on Monday. So have a good weekend. Best of luck with any picks. Make sure you're gambling responsibly and go well.